Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Edwin Ojeda, Senior VP of Sales and Marketing at DRG Technologies. Edwin, hello. It is great to have you on the show. Hello there. It's great to be here. So tell us about the company. Good old DRG, huh? Well, let's see. If I'm speaking to you as uh, just a person, I'd probably say, you know what? We make awesome, durable UL labels, stickers, and all the good things that you would see on the shop floor when it comes to like a Home Depot or a Lowe's and you buy a garage door opener, you see a nice label, you go buy that leaf blower, you see that really nice echo label or something like that. That's really at the core of our business. So just simply stating is we make labels, durable labels, UL labels, instruction sheets and such. If I was on a sales call and I was speaking to potentially a sourcing manager or something like that, I would tell you that we are a organization that has really perfected strategic sourcing, logistics, making sure we get you the products that we provide you on time, every time, and keep your lines running. Okay, excellent. So so the next time I buy like a drill or something or anything that has an instruction sheet, one of those things you open, I'll know where it came from. That's it. If it was uh, if it was created in uh, basically the border town, so Juarez, Nogales, Tijuana, Mexicali, and comes out of these facilities known as maquilladoras, which are basically just gigantic production facilities in Mexico, there's a really good chance good old DRG is putting a label on it. Okay. Very cool. Now, you and I talked the other day, and I asked you about your audience just to get a you know a sense before we did this interview. And you have this really cool, sort of fascinating story about how you actually determined who your audience is, because it's not, as is often the case, it's maybe not always totally apparent at first, or it's not as simple as it might seem. So tell us that story. All right. Fantastic. Well, sort of like you just stated or alluded to. You know, I've worked for basically three companies my whole life. I spent a long, long time at Brady Corporation, 14, 15, 16 years, I guess, depending on if you count my internship and stuff when I was uh, still in college. Then I went to Honeywell, uh, specifically their safety and productivity solutions division, which is like uh, scanners and mobile computers, things that you would see more in like distribution warehouses. And then now I came to DRG. So You know, the interesting road that I've been able to follow is that, you know, you get to a certain point in your sales career where you're selling to buyers, right? People that are just going to issue a purchase order and they specifically are looking at price and whatever it is that widget that that they need at that moment and not very much of a long-term view of it or what is this exactly going to mean for my organization uh, a year from now, two years from now whatever it might be, right? So we get caught in this concept of we are selling to people buying the product, just simply stated. Since I've come to DRG and and a little bit of this kind of happened in Brady, a little bit of it happened at Honeywell, that's where we kind of started realizing that there's this whole other level of sourcing professional or commodity sourcing professional or strategic sourcing professional that are really looking at acquisition and procurement of product 
strategically for the organization, not just today, tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now, a year, two, three, four, five years down the line, right? So you have this person or these people or this team that's sitting there and really thinking about how they're going to partner and how they're going to procure strategically. That's really where we kind of found the folks that we want to talk to, our audience, our new audience at DRG. And so that just, you know, once again, doesn't go to say that buyers and purchasing folks and so folks aren't folks that we're going to be speaking to because we absolutely are, right? We need to still make sure that forecasts are in place. You still need to make sure that we know how much product we need to have on the floor, the day-to-day -day tactical stuff, right? But we started realizing that there is this audience that we need to speak to in these sourcing departments. So that kind of goes to talk a little bit about our story. What's our kind of DRG story? Who are we talking to? How do we uncover them? Well, that gives you a little bit of a background, but how do we get to them, right? How, how, how yeah. have we found them? The simple tools that we all have, which is social media, which is LinkedIn, which is having the conversations with these buyers to understand, hey, who exactly is putting together not just the label for this lawnmower or snowblower or leaf blower, but who's putting who's putting together the bill of materials for that whole widget, that whole contraption that you want to sell to a consumer, plastics, the corrugated, um, the labels, the instruction sheets, who's really looking at this product and saying, how am I going to make this the most cost-effective product solution so that the consumer gets a great price, the organization is competitive in the market space against all the other different durable uh, goods manufacturers out there? How do I put all these things together in a really cost-effective way so that we can make a profit and be competitive in the market space? And voila, there is our audience. That's the person that we want to talk to. That's the person that we uncovered. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of how we found this person, which is just backtracking the traditional channel, going a little bit up the chain, and really understanding uh, that these things don't get bought one by one. They're usually bought as a bill of material, as a big package. Now we just need to understand what's important to that person. Wow, that what I love about that is that you guys didn't kind of settle with what you already knew. You know, you you already had some audience. You were selling stuff to them. It was working. But then you're like, it's yeah. curiosity, right? Not settling and be like, wait a second. There seems to be maybe something we don't know or like we don't even know what we don't know. Let's ask a couple of questions. Let's dig a little deeper yes. about their industry, about their world. Which yes, is awesome. And it much. just goes to show the more you focus on that, on the people that you're trying to connect with and their world, the better off you're going to be. And you'll discover things like you guys discovered that change the game. Change the game. And I mean, this is 16 years into my professional career, right, where I've sold into a variety of different customers and, and applications and industries. Now, granted, now I am leading a sales team. So a little bit of a different perspective that I'm taking here, which might have opened up the opportunity to ask those questions sure. of the sales folks, right? Hey, you're talking to Billy or Ann or Jesus or whoever it might be in purchasing. Who else is involved? Who else can we talk to? What do they care about? You know, what's their KPIs, their objectives, all the little buzzwords and stuff like that. 
Yeah. Once we started asking those questions, those purchasing people, those folks in those seats that are buying day to day, sending in the purchase orders, they started kind of giving us the information almost unsolicited in terms of, you know what, yeah. actually, yes, we do have a team that's responsible for putting together the whole package. We have a team that's actually responsible for when we produce a new product, an NPI, a new product introduction. We have a team that actually a year before it even hits the shelf is thinking about how are we going to get that label? It doesn't even hit my shelf until, or my desk until it's almost to production or if not production. Mm -hmm. So now it just goes to show there's a long chain of activity that has to happen before a product actually makes it out to a consumer. We just got to get on right. the very front end of the chain. And, and what a competitive advantage that you've discovered this, that this is a whole group of people that if it took you that long to figure that out, chances are a lot of your competitors haven't even figured that out yet. And so you're talking to them, they're not. And these might be a whole group of people that not a lot of people are talking to. So you kind of have their attention. Yeah, that, that yeah, just sounds like what it, pay, it pays a lot of dividends. Pays a lot of dividends. It's very difficult to get to these folks. And like we talked about before, you know, this is just the beginning, right? The beginning mm -hmm. of acknowledging that there is this new audience. There's this whole group of folks that you want to talk to. So realization, it's almost like just the light bulb mm -hmm. goes off and you say, wow, whole group of people. Now, how do we go talk to them? Which kind of goes into our social selling type of strategy. Okay, so let's go there. So you just mentioned that it's not so easy to get to talk to these people. So what are the main challenges? Like what are the barriers that you're discovering you're facing and breaking through and getting to them? Well, certainly um, just the fact that we've all been virtual for a long time and we're probably all exhausted uh, from virtual this and virtual that and 100 million LinkedIn requests and Facebook and this and that. There's a lot of exhaustion, right? Just in terms of all the different electronic channels that are hitting us, mm -hmm. uh, let alone having this little, you know, device in your pocket that also increases even more electronic activity, right? So the big challenge is first and foremost, just identifying who these folks are. And then second of all, what is the thing that's gonna intrigue them, right? Yeah. And I use the word intrigue because it's similar to like fishing, right? You might you might cast something in there a couple times and you might not necessarily hit or hit or hit, but that fish is going to continually see this thing just kind of out there and it's wiggling and it doesn't know what exactly the heck it is. And part of that whole process is just, wow, I am interested in what the heck that thing is. I don't know what the heck it is. I'm going to go over there. Hopefully if you're, if you're, you know, I have a lot of good fishing luck, it might bite, but it's the same exact concept, right? Is intrigue. Wow. That's interesting. They use vendor managed inventory. Wow. That's interesting. They know about UL labels and durable labels. Wow. That's interesting. They make the process of procuring four or five different commodities very easy. Just enough, right? Just enough interest to get somebody to connect with you. Let's say on LinkedIn, our team uses LinkedIn pretty much primarily. We certainly are out there on just about every different social channel. But LinkedIn, from a just communication, getting a hold of these folks, that's been our way to market. So the first thing is all about just intrigue. 
what is interesting about your organization that differentiates you from somebody else? Because in our industry, there's a lot of label makers. There's big label makers like a Brady that I used to work for, and there's smaller label makers like a DRG that converts the material. All very competitive. Um, all have the ability to speak to the folks in the way that they need to be spoken to so that they can understand, wow, this person can help me hit my strategic goals or my key performance indicators or whatever it is that at the end of the year they get judged on, right? Their performance review. But not everybody's going to have that ability to give that first impression. And we all know about the first impression, right? You get one chance at it. You get one chance at it. You get one chance to intrigue. And if you hit on first impression, if you hit on, wow, this is an intriguing company that somehow very clearly aligns with what I'm going to be judged with at the end of my performance review, I might connect with that person. I might simply just connect. I might not even actually say, hey, thank you for connecting. I might just connect. And that's the world that we live in now, right? They push the connect button. Now, all of a sudden, you're thinking to yourself, wow. I did something intriguing. Hopefully you planned it out so you know exactly strategically what it was that yeah. you did and, and how you're going to go proceed. We have it down to a proven process. We call it kind of the DRG proven process as to how we go out there, communicate, and what is it? What is the core thing that we do very well? And as soon as you have them and you're into that intrigue, now starts the social selling, right? You've connected with them. They've gone out and they've researched you. We've all known this, that by the time you actually speak to this customer or this sourcing professional or this commodity professional, this person knows 50% of your game plan, right? They know what yeah. you do, where you are, who's in your organization. They can go out there on all sorts of social channels and find out who works for your organization, what's good, what's bad, what's indifferent. I mean, it's all out there, right? It's all out there, it's available. So that's the opportunity. That's the opportunity when it comes to social selling is you know that the journey is your seller might connect via LinkedIn. Immediately, that person is probably going to see it, right? I've, I've gotten plenty of LinkedIn connections and I almost always click on them and look at them. Yeah. I might decline it, but I still click click on them and, link at, and look at them. And then all of a sudden, boom, I visit their website. So I look at their website. That's our customer's journey as well, right? We we got my seller, our seller, connecting, pushing them to, oh, wow, they said some key things that are intriguing, dangling the, the, the carrot, the worm, whatever it might be, going out to the website. Now we have to support this sales team by having an intriguing website, not mm -hmm. just a website that says we did this and we did that and we love this and we love that and we're we're part you know all those things are important right but you have to hit them pretty quickly with Mr. Mrs. sourcing professional we do from a widget standpoint this 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 and this but the key is to move them away from your widget and into how are we going to do things differently for you Mr. Mrs. customer and mm -hmm. for us it's things like managed services right we do a lot of vendor managed inventory we have warehouses in Mexico where we can basically produce the material in Arizona, stage it down in Mexico. We can basically get you your product pretty quickly with a customer service rep that's managing mins and maxes and just your traditional VMI service, vendor managed inventory service. 
that's what you got to hit them with, right? That's that's what your audience, this particular audience, wants to know about. The purchasing folks, the buyers, they certainly want to know that your price is good, right? And it's going to stay stable. It's not going to fluctuate, all those things. But this sourcing person, our audience, our new kind of little tribe that we're building out here, they're interested in, okay, the price has to be good because that's just what you have to do. The quality has to be good, right? Because if you provide a crappy product, even at a great price, it really doesn't matter, right? Because yeah. you can't you can't procure that type of product. Now they got to think about that next thing, which is, okay, how am I going to get it here in the best possible way? Not just today, a week from now. How am I going to get it here knowing that this NPI, this new product introduction, isn't going to roll out for six, seven, eight months? How am I going to make sure that the stuff is here? How am I going to make sure that we understand our forecast so that as production is building out their production schedule and we're trying to align forecasts, we make sure we have the product here, close distance, whatever it might be, so we don't interrupt that production. That is where social selling can can become either, hey, I'm a me too, look at my price, I'll price you, I'll give you mm-hmm. a 5% discount, and I'll give you a price increase next year, then my competitor will take my business because you're just going to bid it out again. And then it becomes this rat race and rat race and rat race mm-hmm. of commodity. Or it could be, wow, this organization their salesperson just connected with me looks legit. Looks like somebody who knows what's going on, been in the industry. Check one. I go to their website. Oh, okay. I see the widgets. I see the labels. I see the instruction sheets. I see the wire markers. I see the circuit board labels and stuff that DRG does. Okay, great. I use those things. I currently buy those from five different suppliers, and I'm seeing that DRG could potentially be one. In their mind, they're thinking, Supplier consolidation, reduction of POs. Now I don't have to send five POs. I could send one to DR. Okay, I can see how the dollars are adding up here. My boss is hitting me up for supplier consolidation, reduction of transaction PO. Okay, good, good. We got DRGs on the right path. And oh, by the way, holy smokes. I've never even thought that there's a whole logistics aspect Mm. to this part. How do I make sure it gets here? doesn't get caught up in customs or on the border for whatever reason. Okay, I'm going to connect with, in this instance, let's say it'd be one of my sellers, Jesus or Ruben. Now, all of a sudden, you have the new social selling tactic supported by your marketing organization, supported by you knowing what your business is. Therefore, you put it on your webpage as no fluff company. This is what we do. This mm-hmm. is what we make. This is how we differentiate. Cut through it right to the point. People love that kind of stuff. And now you've yep. empowered your seller as well, right? Because now half of the story, 75% of the story that your customer knows by the time they click connect is the story that you wrote. It's the story that mm-hmm. you drove to them. It's the story that you painted Now you can use that knowing that it's all true and that you can support it and that you can back it up and start the conversation there. Nothing about Mm. price, nothing about, okay, what other widgets do you make? 
it really just all revolves around now we're talking strategic sourcing, not tactical purchasing, which is the big differentiator. Mm-hmm. So that is how we found our audience. That is how we kind of flip the script as to what do they care about? And I only have, I don't know what the attention span is of folks nowadays, but I got like 10 seconds or something like that, yeah. right? Basically a page and about this much of a scroll you have to grab their attention. They don't even have to scroll down to the bottom. All they mm-hmm. have to do is go back to their LinkedIn, which is still up on their Google tab and click connect. And then the rest of it is just about your salesperson being relentless, right? Yeah. And being on top of the game and wanting to follow up on it quickly and turn to from engagement to, hey, let's really define how we fit into your strategic strategy. Now the intrigue is at a level, right? That you are in a pretty good shape to catch them on a team's call. You're in pretty good shape to ask them for just 15 minutes of their time to just be on a meeting just like we are here today. Mm -hmm. And now you put them in a position where it's just like, it is so refreshing to be spoken to in a different way than I've ever been spoken to. And the rest is history. Yeah. Wow. You articulated that so well. It's, there's so much there. It's so, so much to unpack. I mean, one thing I take away from what you just said is that modern sales, to succeed in sales and marketing, you have to not only know your own business and your products and be an expert on that, but even more so, you need to be an expert on your customer's business. You need to almost know more than they do about it in order to provide the insights that they only are vaguely aware of or the problems they're only vaguely aware of. Like you mentioned the logistics side, that moment where they're like, whoa, that's, that's so true. That would be amazing. And like you're offering value in that way. And that's that's no, that's no easy task, right? But that's what it takes to in B2B, at least in, in any kind of complex business to really succeed because like you just said, if, if you're able to do that, once you actually get them to the point of the call, you're not selling them, not in the traditional way, like begging, like, please buy my thing. They're already in. You're just now having they a conversation. Are. You're having a conversation as a human being to another person that, you're, that you share ideas with. That's a whole different thing. That's exactly. And imagine, imagine all these new people in these roles, right? I mean, we've all heard about it, about retirement and turnover and, and all this kind of stuff. Now we're getting to a point where people are actually being confident that, hey, you know, a year ago, people weren't moving their jobs because who was confident in this COVID environment that this will be a great job or a great move? Not very many people. Now, all of a sudden, folks are way more confident. It is very difficult to find talent, at least the talent, yeah. the lines with what you're trying to do. So think about all these new people in new roles that are t- being told strategic sourcing, strategic sourcing, strategic sourcing. Um, and they're just sitting there just thinking, oh, yeah, that just means get a better price. That just means, you know, beat down the vendors until mm-hmm. you get 
you know, about 5% cost down, things like that, frozen costs, all these antiquated types of terms. Now imagine if all of a sudden you get off the phone with them or they just look at your website and go through this kind of social selling cycle that you've created for them, this brand new ecosystem, and they are able to now put together their own strategic plan based off of the education that you just provided them. Now all of a sudden... Mm-hmm. They look great. They look like they're initiative takers. They look proactive. Right. They look like they are thinking outside the box. We sell labels, so it's usually not a huge part of their commodity, right? Because a lot of these so, uh, sourcing folks and commodity folks, they have corrugated, they have copper, they have steel, which, which you know, they might be buying tens of millions of dollars, you know? A great labeling account would be a million bucks. So if we can basically just take this smaller portion of what they're doing, educate them on what is the now, the modern way to procure these things and the questions that you need to ask your current suppliers, you know, hey, why aren't you Mm -hmm. talking to me about vendor managed inventory? Why aren't you talking to me about how do I get my stuff? Why do you, why, why have you pretty much just thought to yourself that, oh yeah, you just send me uh, UPS red or ground. You just send me your, your account number and we just send it on through. It's not good enough anymore. That's, that's mm. not good enough for anybody. It's not good enough for any of these comp, any of these organizations that want to compete on a global level. That's not going to work. We can't piecemeal it. We can't go one by one. This has to be a very thoughtful, long-term strategic plan. Now, if you do that for them, and you're the one to take that rookie sourcing person or whatever it might be, and you give them the confidence like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense that I can go and build this plan out. It's just that it never dawned on me. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're not a, just a hero to your own organization, but you're a hero to this person. You're a, mm-hmm. They are now a hero to their person. Our tagline is making companies look great. Why is that our tagline? Because we make great looking labels that makes your product look great, but it extends to, we want to make you strategic sourcing person look great. We want to make you such and such organization look great because you are introducing new innovative sourcing methodology so that making companies look great, you know, for most people it might be like, oh yeah, they make great looking labels and instruction sheets. But this is bigger than just yeah. the labels and the instruction sheets. So it's innovative. It's It takes a lot of excitement, a lot of enthusiasm, and it takes a lot of coaching type of mentality mm-hmm. because a lot of folks really do need to be coached. And we just look forward to, you know, our competition, competition just continuing to speak the same words and the same concepts and the same, I'll give you a 5% cost down and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can continue down that road. We will go to market to build out the new strategic sourcing model that'll work and that'll make their organizations thrive for years to come, all based off of this uh, label company that just understands it's not about the widgets. It's not mm-hmm. about the widgets. We can all make the same widgets. We pretty much all have the same presses, the same materials, the same adhesives. We all have the same widgets. Um, mm-hmm. What we all don't have is the, the the right plan, the right plan that means something to folks, 
that means something to the organization and more importantly can be replicated year mm. after year after year and can be taken across a variety of commodities, not just labels. You could use the same idea with corrugated, with steel. Mm -hmm. Those are obviously very volatile and such, but you can use that same mindset to really differentiate your organization. Wow. I feel like we could just go on and on recording and, and keep talking for, you know. That's all right. We'll day. have many episodes. <laughs> you, you invite me back. I'll be here for you. I'll be here. I got things I, I to think say. I'm going to have to, I think I'm going to have to do that, but we're going to end this episode now because, uh, whew, I got to catch my breath. I, 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 that's a lot to yes. absorb. Edwin, thank you so much. This is fascinating. And I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. That's it for this episode of engage your tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.